Hello and welcome to Co-op Gaming Cast Episode 3. I'm John. I'm Genevieve. And we did have Bird for our first try doing this, but uh, we had some technical issues and ended up having to waste it. He, uh, he just flapped and left yeah, the frame, he as he usually does anyway. As he is his custom. He thinks all this <laughs> is weird, and he, he doesn't want to be around and it. And he hates this corner of the house, but he will come here all on his own at any time. Just to try to turn on the computer. Yeah, and, like, my laptop here is covered with his weird little bird flakes and stuff. Bird from feathers. From all his time of, like, dicking around with this laptop. He hates having his picture taken. He hates having <laughs> any kind of screen in his face. Yeah, and, like, if you even point a phone at him, he he, he, goes, like, he, he knows crazy. Yeah, he knows something's going on, and he, he does not like it. it. Yeah, but uh, I did do a bad little recording of Bird, so here it is. <laughs> Maybe you can kind of hear him, although... Yeah, it's quiet, but... It's not his most distinctive coup. That yeah. he makes. Yeah, so anyway, today we were going to be talking about our time playing The Division 2. We were going to talk about things we were appreciating, kind of as we were playing last night. Uh, mainly things we were appreciating, a couple yeah, things we weren't, but we're still not very far in the game. We, d we right. just reached level 30. We reached max level, but apparently that doesn't mean very much in games these days. Like, it took us like two or three weeks to get to like max level, but now... There's some other kind of level up going on, and, like, the gear is all better now. So it's, like, it's another game where there's kind of, like, the game where you're playing at low levels, and then there's kind of, like, the end game. Yeah, absolutely. So we haven't gotten there yet. But it's been a pleasure to play it. Uh, the first thing we wanted to talk about was how special and uh, fluid a lot of the user interface is in there. Right. Um... I mean, the Division 2, I'd, I'd say it has one of the better interfaces in any game we've ever played. Maybe even the best. Yeah, one. maybe the best of any Not game we've ever like played. Not that that's like a high bar to hurdle, because most games just have really bad interfaces. Like, almost any game you can think of off the top of your head has, like, a pretty bad interface. Like, just think of, like, Monster Hunter, how, like, it was so hard to do anything there. And you were kind of, like, always kind of, like, running to different corners of the map and you didn't know what was going on and it like yeah yeah and even in path out. of exile i never got used to how to close out of menus depending on like the menu there was different buttons oh that hit right. like you yeah, close your you inventory <laughs> with one button and then you yeah close. you had to close it with like the touchpad on the ps the dual shot controller like one of the menus you had to close with the touchpad and then other menus you close with O, which I guess is like the more standard way most games have you closing something. Yeah, yeah, and not having uniform commands is like a pretty low, right? Pretty low yeah, bar. Yeah, yeah, that's like stuff that was like solved in the early days of computers, yeah. and like now with games being like bizarre little computer programs, like kind of these old problems like come up again because people are always like d reinventing the wheel, I guess. It occurs to me that it's a pretty boring way to start out um, <laughs> <laughs> talking about this, but one thing that I always appreciate being kind of brain dead while I play is how it shows you when you swap weapons, it shows a brief indicator kind of at the top of the screen oh, right. of which weapon you swapped to, and it's uh, real subtle and easy to see in there, so you you don't you never get messed up or forget what weapon you had or what you swapped to. Right, so 
Uh, yeah, in Division, like, everything is kind of like that, where there's always kind of, like, a little tool tip. If, you like, if there's a moment where you might be confused, there's, like, a little tool tip, or any time, like, you're going to interact with something, the button shows up on the screen. And you know how, like, when you come up to a new area and, like, um, it wants you to, like, press the down arrow in order to, like, look at the monument or whatever, mm-hmm. it always, like, puts this really unobtrusive kind of, like, little overlay that it, it doesn't bother you, but you definitely will see it. And so, like, even everything in the interface in Division is just, like, placed in places where, like, I, the gamer, might be looking at that time. And it's, like... It doesn't bother you, but it is there for you if you want it and kind of quick and easy to see. Right. Uh, it's just, it's it's really done well. Yeah, um, yeah. So some of the other things like that that we had on our list, when, and I'm sure there's a ton more that other people oh have right. noticed. And yeah, like, oh, like the weapon thing, like when you're doing the weapon swap and it shows it, like for websites, and you or like just any website, there's like the breadcrumb. And so a breadcrumb on a website shows you where you're at in like the structure of the website. And it's, like, a real small thing that is, like, almost completely insignificant, but it actually makes a huge difference for the user. For navigating yeah, and, and orienting yourself right, to right. the information you're looking at and where you want to go. Right. And so, like, everything in Division, there's kind of, like, a breadcrumb for it where, like, it's telling you, like, what you're doing, what you're looking at, like, where you are on the map, you know, and, like, with the way the missions are overlaid and everything. So, like... Oh, and even, like, the mini-map on the interface in Division, it's, like, it really shows, like, a lot of information, and it doesn't take up, like, a lot of screen space. It doesn't, like, you don't have to open the map in order to, like, figure out where you're at in the game, because even the mini-map's done well. Yeah, yeah, but some of the other little things we were appreciating, everything that has a duration um, like uh, your your skill, your skill cooldowns, but even little things like how long it takes to reload your gun. Division gives you a little indicator showing how long is left. And oh, right. And even another small thing that's just like that is like if you're using a shotgun that has like six shells or something, there's a little overlay kind of like right near your crosshair that shows you like exactly how many bullets are like left in your chamber or whatever. So like even so you're never guessing. You never have to think about it. If you're wondering, right, you right. can look at it. It's mm-hmm. really fast, easy. Reload, do whatever right. you need to and do. And there's like redundancy too, where like uh, when you're playing a first-person shooter, like any shooter game, you sometimes like keep track of your ammo, you know. And so there's like the ammo thing in the bottom right, which is like where you normally go to look at how much like ammo you're carrying or how many like rounds you have left. And then there's, like, the little overlay near the crosshair. So it's, like, showing it to you in two places. And that just, it does, like, so much in terms of, like, just, like, always knowing what's going on. And it's, like, another, like, kind of small UI element they threw in there that is, like, really great. Yeah, yeah. And easy to appreciate. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were talking about the map a little bit um, when we were... we were thinking about how nice it is that the quests in this game kind of just populate onto the larger map. <coughs> Excuse me. So when you're plotting your route across the city, it's fast and easy and convenient. You know, get these three things done, move over here, yada, yada. But when we were talking about it, 
I realized it was so seamlessly done in Division Two that I didn't even notice the absence of the terrible quest log where you're always kind of scrolling through and figuring out what you missed and what you didn't do and what you still need to do and where all these different things are located. There's still a little bit of that because there's the projects. and. Oh, right. There's like a little bit of that, but it's just it's such like a nice seamless experience where you can look at your map and kind of like see how many quests you like have left to do in the map. And then also you're able to kind of like plan a route. And so it makes it so where like the map gives a ton of information that like in other games, that information probably wouldn't be there. So like in other games, you're kind of like cross-referencing your quest log that might like refer to an area on the map. And then you're like looking at the map, you know what I mean? So, like, they did a really good job in Division mm-hmm. where they, like, kind of, like, unify information for the user. And then, you know, like, with the user interface being good, it just makes it kind of, like, a pleasant experience to play where... It cuts down on so much frustration that you really don't want to have to deal with when you're just trying to play a game. Uh, all that kind of, like, messing around to figure out what quests you missed or uh, all those, like, moments where you're wondering wondering something and don't have the information that you need or it takes a while to find it right you can really tell they put kind of like a lot of like thought and care into just all those small aspects of the game yeah and i remember when we first when we first booted it up we had been playing (coughs) something else that really like trapped you in the long load screens oh maybe we were playing naruto where you're just stuck there sitting in the queue and it just basically says queue and you're on like a frozen screen oh yeah and then you were remarking how in Division, the even when you're in the loading screen, it's kind of filled with, like, the information. And the oh, right. And there's, like, stuff you're, like, looking at. So it, it even makes the loading screens, when you do get a loading screen, like, less obtrusive and yeah, less, yeah. like, disruptive. Not that it's so uncommon to put tips and stuff in there. Right, right. But it's just, like, part of the whole system where the game is, like, pleasant to log into and move around, which we kind of, like, talked about a little bit in the last video. But um, remember how we were talking about how you can kind of traverse the entire map without doing a loading screen, if you so choose. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something Ubisoft probably was, like, thinking about, too, like... uh, no load screen experience that like the user can have can have if they wish to yeah right and that that kind of goes with the user interface thing i'd say where they really thought about like the player experience a lot i think and so that's good for it right yeah yeah yeah. again that was probably the most boring thing to start out talking about but pretty boring but it is the first thing you touch when you like play a game yeah you know? yeah and although it's probably not the first thing you want to think about <laughs> like you want to think about maybe like having fun or like killing the enemy. yeah killing the enemies and and the vision does that pretty good too but I, we'll get to that right <laughs> yeah yeah next we were gonna talk a little i i couldn't believe in this game the other day i was like rezzing john and then i couldn't believe that the game let me target my drone to like an enemy that was rushing toward us or something while I was resing. Oh, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, (laughs) and there's tons of stuff like that in this game that it's like I wouldn't even think to try it because I'm so used to not being able to do two commands at once. Totally, and that just goes right into, remember, like, it was only three or four days ago 
that I realized that like while your character is like sprinting or jumping, you can like enter a weapon switch command and he'll do it while you're sprinting. Or to, even like, duck rolling, right? That was the yeah, most amazing yeah, like thing. Right. Being so able to weapon swap yeah, while duck rolling. Yeah. And I guess technically the game is kind of like queuing up the command. So like while your guy is duck rolling and you press weapon swap, it like registers that as a button hit and does it as soon as like your avatar is able to, and so that's really cool because like probably every other game we've played, maybe some other shooter games like are also well done in that respect. Yeah, if people know about it, let us know. These these things where you can switch weapons while you're duck rolling or like kind of target your drone while you're resing another player. Oh right, and another. I'm sure there's tons of other stuff like that in this game. Right. Another thing related to the, like, commanding the drone while you're rezzing is you can... So, in this game, they give you the option to dismantle your skill before it ends, and then they have the cooldown, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, when yeah. you have the drone, you, like, if you take it apart before its cooldown ends or it dies, you, like, take half the cooldown time off of it. But anyway, so sometimes, like, you're in a rush to to clothe to kill the drone or like kill the turret or whatever right mm -hmm. and then it's really cool because you can kind of cancel the drone while you're like commanding a turret or like shooting at the enemy so you're able to like do that do that at the same in time parallel with yeah. like anything else you're doing and then you can like control both skills in parallel and like all that stuff is just so awesome Compared to, like, pretty much every other game we play where, like, you press a button. It's one thing at a time. Yeah, yeah. And, and then you have to, like, wait until you're done, like, completing whatever, like, action your guy's taking or whatever. But, yeah, that's, like, it's, like, another small thing that's just, like, makes the game kind of a joy to play. Yeah, and it's another thing that kind of cuts down on frustration or mental work w in a tiny way that you don't really notice. But then when you're playing the game as a whole really makes it kind of, like, a pleasure and pretty much fun. Right, right. And it makes you kind of wish that, like, every game had such nice controls or, like, every game had, like, a nice interface, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's certainly not out of question, I guess. Oh, but another thing related to the movement and commands I just thought of, I guess, um, it's really the way that you can move from cover to cover and then you press O to, like, vault over the cover. You're just able to move your avatar so smoothly through, like, the urban environment in the game. And, like, you can move your guy completely without ever, like, pressing the movement button. You know what I mean? Like, you can you can kind of, like, look at another piece of cover and then hold X and move to it. So, like, you're even able to move and have your guy kind of jump over obstacles without actually pressing the or, like, using the left thumbstick to move. And that's another part that's, like, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, uh, again, I don't think we've played any game where you could move kind of as long as you want without using the movement stick. Right, right. And not only that, but kind of move in, let's say, a combat effective way. Yeah. And that's like, I guess that's like redundancy of controls. I'm sure they kind of like talked about that system or whatever in their meetings. But it's just like, it's just really well done. I like, I really like how you can, how you, how you can move. Other little things on this, on our uh, things we were appreciating about the game. 
I don't I don't know if this was something we were appreciating or noticing or that was just funny or that I I was trying to remember how it worked in a lot of other games to what degree the NPCs will actually help you take down the the enemy in in this game I don't think I've ever seen one kill an enemy without your input an NPC take down an enemy hmm. no um, do you think you've seen it I don't know if I've seen that but I feel like I there's been times where during some of those control point captures where you get about four to six NPCs rush in, I feel like I've seen them kind of like gang up on and kill bosses. Oh, no way. I don't think you've well seen them do the f do fatal on a boss. I feel like I have, but okay. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, so we're in contention about that. I don't know what we were going to talk about anyway. When you come across the NPCs fighting the boss, oh right, well they're, that's they're okay. like frozen. That might be two separate things because I think, first of all, what's going on there? Like, okay, so you're in the map in the division, and then you come across like an NPC and like a boss enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're kind of like play acting fighting. And I think what's going on there is that the game just isn't triggering them. Oh, yeah, yeah. It doesn't you, trigger yeah, them until, until you, you come onto the scene. Yeah, I know. But Two separate things. I still challenge you to take video <laughs> of NPC doing fatal to a boss. Well, no way. I don't. I do feel like there was a time that they were like <laughs> all shooting at the boss and the boss died. And now maybe like you were shooting. Oh, yeah. I and I thought of you <laughs> as like another NPC. I probably killed that boss. Well, anyway, I don't I don't know why that matters. It's just interesting to kind of like uh, watch their behavior and to what degree they do any damage or or assist you at the uh, checkpoints right, or right. whatever you're doing. And speaking of the NPCs, it's it's always kind of nice to come across them on the map, and like they're doing. Remember how sometimes they're like roaming. Sometimes oh yeah. There it says like. It says like NPC it says their activity or the enemies as well. Oh, it and says yeah, like it says scavenging. like repairing and stuff, and then oh you yeah. can kind of walk up to them and like give them a rope for the <laughs> repair or whatever. And it's pretty funny. I don't know. There was something else I wanted to say about it, but I I guess I can't remember now. Oh yeah, just that. Uh, every time the like fat boss is there with his hammer. I've never managed to kill the boss fast enough to save that poor NPC. Oh, right. The it boss always <laughs> destroys the NPC in these really, like, graphic, brutal scenes it's of yeah, the boss. Yeah, it's just with brutal, his like, a guy with, like, a 40-pound sledgehammer. Just, just wailing like, on Yeah, yeah, on he, the like, brings person. it down heavy <laughs> on the NPC's head, and then there's, like, a corpse there, and you're like, oh, God. Yeah, like every <laughs> time it happens, we always kind of howl, like, oh, oh, and yeah, you just yeah. see, like, the boss slamming that NPC with his huge yeah. hammer. <laughs> yeah, and, like, you you really do want to kind of like save them and then you can't and you just are like <laughs> watching these kind of brutal murders happen in front of your face as you kind of are completely powerless to do anything were you looking <laughs> were you looking at our at this outline we've got doesn't seem to be written in kind of like any type of sequential order so we're getting a little bit confused here or at least i i am. wrote it it's my bad i yeah, yeah. i failed to organize or make sense of any of the ideas right well okay if we can skip down since we were like talking about the map yeah yeah um another okay so we're talking about division 2 and 
the map is maybe a little bit small, but I really feel like the map is nicely done. It's like fun to explore. It seems almost like it might be a scale model of Washington D.C. Like I bet you, if we like look at the streets, like remember there was like Columbus Avenue. Yeah, 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 but we still haven't looked it up. We're still talking about this. Just look up if it is. You want me to look it up right now? Well, maybe I will. Well, let's see. Sure, yeah. Making people watch us literally Google something. No, look up. Is Division 2 scale model of Washington, D.C.? Okay, well, yeah, this isn't what I wanted to talk about. Okay, but anyway... Um, when you're going through that map in Division, it kind of begins when you're like a newbie in the game. It begins as this really kind of like hostile land, like crawling with gang members, I guess. And there's always like the shooting the streets. And then as you kind of like progressively move through the map and you capture control points and like do more of the activity. And slaughter those gang members. Yeah, that's you what you're basically you kill <laughs> the enemy gangs and you're like you yourself are part of some like official USA gang or something like that. And then but anyway, as you go through the map, it really becomes kind of like a safe place and you can see like the NPCs kind of populate it and do stuff like gather water and crap like that. Yes, yeah, so you and get a so real insignificant and significant feeling of uh, progress or having done something right, as you right. convert all these kind of dangerous air war torn areas into right, like in safe essence, and friendly for yeah, your, for yeah. your gang or whatever right, your yeah, affiliation yeah, yeah. is, or like you're kind of like gentrifying and yeah, you're, like you're going through the bad neighborhoods. Oh, and remember, we had there was a certain quest we had where. The routing, which is just like Google Maps, it sent us through a higher level area and it was like a different neighborhood and it really felt like Google Maps sent us through the ghetto. And like, remember, we just like very quickly died and we were surrounded by all these guys we didn't recognize. And so the map really feels alive, I guess. And anyway, we did Google and it looks like it's a a full scale scale version version of Washington, D.C. So. That's really cool, and one of the things I was kind of appreciating was that I could open the map and zoom in and see, like, the streets and the cross streets, and I could kind of think to myself, like, oh, like, we just need to go west on Columbus Avenue until we get to 4th or whatever, and then, like, thinking... And navigate using kind of real human directions instead right, of right. just... And that's that was just, like, so cool to do in a game, because normally in a game you're doing something weird at the map where you're kind of like interpreting it and making sense of it, but it has nothing to do with your actual human ability to like read a human map. So the way it's like kind of a full scale Washington DC and you can kind of like use the streets and reference where you are. It's, it's like, it's really cool. It's nothing I've ever like experienced in a game. And I remember as a kid, there was like a game that, claimed it was like um it was going to it had like a scale version of chicago in it it was like a racing game and i made my mom buy it and imagine my like kind of horror and disgust when like by chicago what they meant was it kind of seemed to have like lakeshore drive oh. <laughs> and like oh it's like you can race on Lakeshore yeah drive, like you yeah. can race like in scenes from chicago 
And then, like, there were parts where it was supposedly, like, in the city, but it was just kind of like some crappy computer-generated mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know, like, crisscrosses, and there were, like, no actual, like, landmarks, and it had nothing to do with, with like, Chicago or the streets in Chicago. And I remember as a kid, I even kind of actively thought I'd be able to see, like, our house since, oh. we, like, since we lived in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you were racing Chicago. I was like, oh, yeah, like, what if we go down, like, Western and <laughs> I'll see, like, at least see Lane Tech, which is the high school there. Uh-huh. And, like, there was nothing you like that. You were sorely disappointed. Yeah, yeah. But, like, now, maybe, like, 20 or 25 years later, <laughs> like, some game company has really done that. And... In a way, I kind of wish I knew Washington, D.C. a little better, and maybe that would actually kind of improve the experience of playing Division Two. like to see something where, like, you walk past and it's kind of, like, rendered in the game. might be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing kind of relating to the maps I wanted to talk about is just how nicely everything is like scaled and set up and the specific example I wanted to talk about is just that me and Genevieve were kind of like a little bit lost and I noticed we were like in a parking garage and I thought like oh I'll just try to like go out of this parking garage as if I was really trying to like find my way out of a parking garage in real life and it actually like worked. Yeah, because so it is just a real right, and it's like yeah, yeah, and you don't even tend to think of things in those terms when you're playing a video game. You just right, think like yeah. quest guide me get out yeah, of here. Yeah, I don't uh, know what all this crap is. Right, and then even in games, I'm sure I've played games where like we fought in parking garages before. Yeah, but never before Division Two did I actually think like, oh my god, this is like an actual parking, parking garage, yeah. and it. So like the scale is like it's like right there, and it's like really done well. And I'm sure, like, whoever the map designers were kind of just were, like, going off actual parking garages, maybe even in Washington, D.C. I don't know. (laughs) The awkward silence. So, okay, um, anyway, we talked about the map. Um, It's not on our notes, but I remember we want to talk about kind of the urban scenes, or maybe I was the one who wanted to talk about that. Yeah, you really wanted to talk about the urban scenes. I was about to remind you, but I don't know. Uh, you you wanted to talk about how cool it is to get to fight, like, there was, like, an area <coughs> downtown in Chicago. It was, oh. like, really old, between, like, three skyscrapers, kind of, like, elevated above Michigan Avenue. Right, at Michigan and Lake, if you've ever been there, there's all those, like, kind of office buildings that were, like, done by Mies van der Rohe or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But if you're driving or walking or something down there, you would never notice this kind of secondary upper layer where uh, there's all kinds of stuff up there, kind of like benches or almost like an entire park and, like, staircases leading kind of between the skyscrapers to different parts of different right, streets. and just poured concrete everywhere. Yeah, and poured like concrete Just, like, everywhere. concrete balconies and, like, concrete, like, I don't even know what they'd be called, kind of, like, overlays of different areas and, like, 
big balconies and like then opening up to like big wide open kind of green spaces and stuff like that. It's a really weird little place and unless you actually work in one of those buildings you would have never seen it never gone there there's no reason to go there but it's this like weird little urban urban environment kind of like stuck in like a weird part of downtown and pretty much you only see office workers smoking cigarettes in there like an office worker having lunch or something yeah and occasionally you'll see like the maintenance man kind of like looking through the trash cans or i mean like changing the trash (laughs) bags i guess but like yeah those are weird parts of like cities and we were playing a couple nights ago and like we were just having a huge firefight in a scene just like that very similar yeah and so like the way the scale and like the urban environments are rendered so realistically kind of like adds this extra dimension of interest and like the enemies kind of like pop up on like all the different little like openings and they like stick guns through windows and then they'll be like rushing out of like different little like doors and the sides of buildings and stuff and when you enter the new environment you're really kind of curious and focused first and foremost on where where the trash and where the enemies are actually going to come from (coughs) and because the game is so realistic each different scene is is so different and uh, it's generally you know pretty easy to find cover or defend yourself and instead all the interest comes from the scene and where the enemies are going to be in there and in other games, I feel like it's more a balancing act of trying to figure out where you ought to go and that the enemies are just going to come pouring out at you. Right. Not and too much to it. Yeah. Not it too much interest. Right. There. And so it's it's kind of like a strange or cool or maybe interesting game because it makes it so the first thing you do is like you want to think about what you're doing and how you're fighting kind of before you want to fight and i guess that's like what they do in the military and stuff you know whereas like call of duty a lot more you're kind of like rushing into the corridor to like get the first headshot and it's kind of like a lot twitchier kind of a gameplay and i guess division is like it moves a lot slower too than like call of duty and stuff so it really kind of like rewards like cover and like moving behind cover and kind of like sight lines and flanking the enemy and stuff like that so it's kind of cool it's a different it's a much different shooter experience like shooting in this game is really unlike shooting in like fortnite or call of duty like wouldn't you agree with that yeah 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 so it's it's a little different um you interact a lot more with the environment than you would in probably pretty much any other game and the environment is really rendered beautifully so It kind of, like, adds up to be pretty cool. Yeah, we were appreciating, too, how the bullets go through windows and bushes, and I don't know if that that is common to a lot of other shooters. Right, well... But I know that I didn't expect the bullet to go through the window exactly the first time I shot one there. Right, and so the bullets will go through, like, say there's a car with, like, the windshield busted out. And if you can kind of, like, see the enemy's arm in, like, through the back car window, you can kind of, like, put bullets into those little spaces, and, like, they'll really travel and hit the enemy. Whereas, like, objects aren't always kind of, like, rendered with so much detail or fidelity that anything like that's even possible. It's so detailed that we kind of have fun shooting at different stuff and seeing how the game is going to respond to it. Right, and it's funny because... 
most of like so you can kind of travel through like the environment in the game and you'll find like mannequins or like beer bottles or you know any type of like trash and then you can kind of shoot it and it's always cool because like the bullets affect pretty much everything and then it's all rendered so nicely that when something happens and it kind of disappoints me, it's, like, really disappointing. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, there was one area with a ton of bottles, and I remember earlier I'd been shooting and, like, the individual bottles were breaking. And then we found another area, and I saw bottles again, and I shot at them, and there were, like, six bottles that ended up being one object, and they all, like, broke from one bullet. Oh. And it was, like, really disappointing, <laughs> but... I guess only because so much of the other parts of the game I like really like it's as it's just like cool, you know. Yeah, a lot of the missions kind of have you walk through like a cool more hyper designed tunnel or room or something that it seems like they kind of wanted you to shoot at and experiment with. And we took video of one of them that was just like a long room of mannequins and you could kind of break oh them all right. apart. And in the mirrors ways. too, that's cool. Like mannequins and mirrors. Yeah, and then there was another one that had um all the walls covered with what's what's that stuff that like runs the ads so it's like led billboard type yeah kind of like led billboard type stuff and there were led patterns and stuff going running on the on the strips or the glass or whatever it was and you could shoot them all and break them all apart and the patterns would kind of like stay on the pieces that crumbled to the ground yeah that that was really cool <laughs> we were also chuckling about the game has Dogs and deer oh my gosh. and a few other <laughs> little animals that kind of... Well, there's like crows and pigeons too, but I ha I I took a few pot shots <laughs> at a crow, but I didn't manage to hit it. We tried we tried to shoot the deer. Of course it died. Yeah, I we weren't sure if like the animals were killable. Of course it would be killable. I, I mean, from how detailed everything else in yeah, the game yeah. was, it seemed pretty obvious, but still he was killable. And now whenever they whenever they appear and you kind of get like a twitch to aim at the oh, right <laughs> not to like uh, try to offend anyone but like we definitely have been getting kind of like minor ptsd in the game where just where you aim at the deer or uh, well i caught i caught john kind of snapping to like me as i was walking around one time thinking yeah, i was yeah. an npc right like it's like you're kind of walking down a quiet scene in the street that's this like urban war zone and then, like, any little bit of movement, and you start pointing your gun at yeah. it. And then, like, probably if you keep playing, you get to the point where you just point the gun and you shoot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the w the way that there's, like, those dogs, the dogs wandering the street is, like, a temptation to that oh, or right. something. And like, they, I couldn't they figure even out why they're like even in there. from behind a car. Yeah. So it just like the way an enemy would. And then you're... It's like every party wants to like just like go at that movement and start shooting it. Hate killing those cute animals in games. <laughs> too soft hearted. Feel bad even yeah, though it's yeah. just it's just just a computer <laughs> computer like, generated yeah, animal. It's like an object in the game. But yeah, I that's that's really cool too though, just because for whatever reason the game does make you focus so much on those animals and like they're kinda all over. Oh, and um, another cool thing just, like, about the map and, like, the environment in general is it's, like, a really well-done kind of post-apocalyptic scene. Like, the plant overgrowth and, like, the kind of, like, way everything's been, like, abandoned and you can tell it's all been abandoned hastily. 
And so, like, the kind of, like, built environment and sort of the results of, like, whatever weird, like, virus or whatever they're talking about in the game, like, the result of that is really, like, cool to go through. And what's the name of that one zombie movie? Oh, 28 Days Later. Remember, like, everybody liked so much the kind of post-apocalyptic scenes in that movie where, like, in the beginning, the main character comes out of the hospital having, like, been in a coma or something, and, like, the world has come to an end. And I, anyway, I remember people talking about that scene and how much they liked it, and Division is kind of cool just in that you yourself are kind of, like, moving in that scene, and there's, like, a lot going on, and it's kind of, like, cool or fun to just to interact with it, you know? One thing I'm not, like, happy with, and maybe it'll change because we're still low level but i feel like the bosses the bosses in the game have more health and they do more damage they're bigger and tougher but uh they're not exactly there's nothing special about them right they're i wouldn't say they're like boring or unengaging boss fights but they're just kind of like they're not an memorable. extension of the gameplay you're used to yeah and like where like if you're killing the kind of like normal enemies and then a boss comes along, like, it's like, oh, he's going to take more bullets. But that's pretty much it. Yeah, I really doubt you could find anyone talking about a boss by name in this game. Right. <laughs> I Even really though they do that. give names to some, like, yeah, they like do the give owl. But no one's ever going to say, like, oh, it was so tough to kill the owl. Like, I had to read the strategy guide. Right. Although maybe, like, as we go farther, maybe, like, into the heroic difficulties, like, there will be something. And then... It's it's hard, though, because it's, like, a game where there's nothing, like, supernatural going on. Yeah, so, like, yeah. the only bosses they're rendering are, like, tougher guys. Mm -hmm. and like maybe <laughs> They're supposed to be tougher guys. Yeah, and, like, maybe a guy with, like, heavier armor. Oh, there was one memorable boss fight. So, it was memorable to me, not the fight itself. But remember, we came to that weird little room... And then there was, like, those security doors, and then about 200 enemies were kind of, like, waiting for us and charging. But then there was the big boss guy who came out, and he was just, like, beating on the window for, like, eight minutes oh while yeah. we killed his 200 buddies. I guess I remember that. It was <laughs> some memorable pre-fight behavior. Right, yeah. right. And, like, that was kind of cool. And then I kept thinking while we were fighting him, like, we just killed 200 of his buddies. And the whole time he was kind of, like, using a hammer to swing at some, like, security glass. And I was thinking, like, if you saw these guys kill 200 people, I think you'd give up <laughs> before long. But yeah. he kept going, and then he came. He, he kind of spooked us a little. He came but then out he and died. got killed. Yeah, he, but anyway, he did come out and just, like, get killed like the rest of them. But that was a little bit memorable, but it had nothing to do with the actual mechanics of the boss fight or anything like that. It was just the scripting they put together, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I think my complaint about the bosses is in most games, I feel like I can remember kind of the hardest obstacles and hurdles or like bosses or parts that I had to overcome or we kind of like gradually overcame. And in this game, like, you know, in a couple of years, I don't know if I'll remember. <laughs> right. And I guess another complaint we talked about a little bit earlier is just, like, the progression from level 1 to level 30 is so quick. Yeah, like yeah. If, 
we we play pretty much, but we're not like that hardcore gamers. And like really, somebody could probably get to from like level one to thirty in less than a week if they Absolutely. were kind of like playing. Usually. And and especially if they were doing it again, or like if they've played maybe Division One, like you could really you'll just blast right through the game. And I really wish that the like one to thirty took like twice as long. Like remember we said, yeah, like yeah. Oh, I wish the max level was fifty, yeah. then this would feel right. And like. Maybe I understand why they did that, just because there's so much of a focus. Like, the way the progression of the gear is, any underleveled gear is perfectly useless, pretty much. So, most of the gear in this game is going to have something to do with, like, level 30 gear, right? And that's probably, like, where they wanted to focus all their, like, balancing decisions or whatever. But anyway, I do wish there was, like, a longer progression or that it, like, went on longer, just... So you could kind of feel like you were a little guy in the game for longer. Yeah, yeah. And we were kind of talking about the different Ubisoft games and how the combat and stuff in some of them is, like, so great. And then it's like they're kind of, like, missing these other, like, aspects that right. keep people there's in the game. Yeah, there's, like, in every Ubisoft game, there's kind of, like a, like, a fatal flaw or, like, something missing. But it's, like, hard to put your finger on. Right, because, like, ultimately, Division 2 is, like, a pretty cool game. It's but really cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would recommend it to anyone to play. It's a lot of fun. Right, There's but it's definitely not a game that... That you can play obsessively for years or something like right, that. Right, right. Like, you can definitely feel, like, an end in sight, even though, like, ostensibly Ubisoft is making kind of, like, an MMO FPS that they do want people to play for probably many years. And it just feels like it's shorter than that. It feels like there's not going to be too much more to get into. Like, I know there's, like, raids and stuff like that. but it And, like, the game world doesn't feel very, like, big. You don't see other players very often, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, there's those dark zones and stuff, and we'll be exploring that a little bit too. But, but it it's just like there's something missing. And, like, it was the same way in For Honor, where, like, the combat was kind of fun, and you could have a lot of fun playing it. You could have fun going through the story mode and, like, getting better with different characters. But ultimately, like, it wasn't a game that you could just kind of obsessively play, you know? Yeah, yeah, at least not for us. I mean, maybe we'll go back to it. Oh, right. but uh, in this book I was reading, Death by Video Game, <coughs> wasn't very good wouldn't recommend it maybe uh, i'll get a review of, of it up on the website we haven't added or reviewed that much in the website but anyway the guy who invented mud richard bartle that was the first mmo i think back in the 80s he said that they had a discussion about the types of people that played the, their their game and why the people played why they kept coming back and in the end after a 200, 200 long email chain, he went back and he identified four different types of players. So the four different types of players that Bartle identified were achievers, explorers, socializers, or killers. And uh, he was, he's talking about MMOs, but he says a healthy MMO needs a good mix of all of those to keep players in, in the ecosystem and interested in the ecosystem and playing the game. 
and he says, here's his quote here, if you have a game full of achievers, players for whom advancement through a game is the primary goal, the people who arrive at the bottom level won't continue to play because everyone is better than them. This removes the bottom tier, and over time, all the bottom tiers leave through irritation. But if you have socializers in the mix, they don't care about leveling up and all that. So the lowest achievers can look down on the socializers, and the socializers don't care. If you're just making the game for achievers, it will corrode from the bottom. All MMOs have this insulating layer, even if the developers don't understand why it's there. Right. Oh, that's really cool. So there's, what were they again? They were Achiever? Achiever, Explorer, Socializer. And Killer, which and killer. is, I guess, like a player killer, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you think about that in terms of Division 2, like, who are the Socializers? None. There's almost no social None. component Missing. of the game. Yeah. So. I, but they did kind of put, you know, they kind of put it in place. They g- there's, like, uh, the clans. You know, it's like they were thinking of that, but it was c- it's completely different from, like, signing into Warframe and you see the socializers instantly right, right. away you in that chat. chat. You see, like, a global chat, and you see all these people talking about the game, and it's all kind of, like, mysterious. Yeah, and when you're then, a new player. Right, and, like, that... So, just like in Division 2, there's no chat room. You rarely... if you if you go through it, you'll probably never see another player, you know, like, you sometimes see them at those weird little settlements or, like, basements. Yeah, and when we first started playing at launch, when the game launched, we saw other players, and now, playing now, right. and so the we exact haven't seen one yeah, the exact maybe this thing, entire time. The exact thing the guy described in the quote is, like, yeah. happening where, because there's no, like, lower-level kind of, like, persistent social layer to this game, there's no new players and like if you i know personally and we've seen some of those like really high level guys right like level 500 of like like our guys now that we're level 30 have got like level two of like like whatever valor rank or you know the secondary leveling system and i saw these just like huge guys who'd clearly been playing a ton and it was kind of like irritating you know because like it's like oh like this guy's been playing for like like three or four months and he's like been playing eight hours a day and he's just like infinite level compared to me and like for other players who probably don't play as much as us with like nothing going on at that kind of lower level of the game it makes the whole game seem kind of like desolate and yeah yeah and i remember when we first started playing eso it was so much more profoundly like that because you could look at the other player who had been playing that game for years and it was like immediately apparent and then ESO had such amazing of that kind of socialization pattern oh right, going yeah, on. Yeah. And, like, even to the point that in the towns in ESO, you'd see, like, all these just, like, plain idiots standing there playing rap music through, like, the Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the socialization chat. was on over Yeah, there. yeah. And that really, like, made it seem like there was something going on. Going on, on absolutely. Like, to see, like, a gang, like, if you see 15 people sitting around playing music, like, that's just kind of cool. Oh, yeah. If you see and if like you see 15 or 20 people in a restaurant, you're kind of interested. Yeah, if you yeah. See and 15 like or 20 you, people right. in a bar. So if you walk into, like, a, a bar and there's, like, one other guy there and he's clearly, like, the alcoholic who's oh been going yeah, to the bar. Oh, yeah, that is exactly what it's for like. For, like, 60 That years. is exactly right. what it's like. And there's so one grizzled old alcoholic sitting at the bar. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. no, there's, like, none of that socializing yeah. there. 
And like the socializing layer is what makes something feel alive. Yeah. And I mean, if you see, if you think of the Ubisoft games, they're almost all missing that, or it would seem to be that. And like, I certainly have not seen any gathering of players in Division Two. Yeah, like and it's like, well, if you're only going to be socializing at the elite level, like by the time you've actually you wish to join a clan in Division Two, it's oh like right. it's failed. Because yeah, it's yeah, failed and like as a low-level player, low level you player. don't want to touch the clan because yeah. like most, even <laughs> if you think back to ESO, remember how there were so many clans that wanted to like cater to the little player. Oh yeah, and, <laughs> and like when you're a little player, you really don't want to join a gang or a clan <laughs> because, because because like they're doing the raid. You can't yeah, do that. Yeah, you can't participate. Right, so what like anything, what good are you going to do them, or they're going to do you? Right, anything you're getting is just this bizarre form of like charity and handholding, and yeah. you don't really <laughs> want that. Like when you join a clan, you kind of want it to be like maybe like to do the raids, or else like for it to be like social. But you know, like with the clan, and there's no there's no voice or there's no like text chat in Division Two, mm-hmm. so like. There's really nothing, no social reason I can really think of to join a clan. And, like, I don't see, like, clans recruiting or, like, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, and you can understand why not all games want to have that chat. It's, like, nasty. It has to be moderated. There's all, like, the different, like, instances with different chat. Like, it it all makes sense, but it is a completely different experience when you sign into a game and you can immediately see some kind of, like, social element going right, on and versus one where you, like, especially us playing together, like, it may as well just be a single-player game on a disc. Right, right. Like, that's how Division has, like, felt. And we haven't right, seen another yeah, player the entire it's time. It's felt like a, like a co-op yeah. game for us, like a s- offline co-op. Offline co-op, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, we haven't had to, like, rely on another player. You know, I think it's this weird thing where... So many games today are making this assumption that you have like a really booksome active friends list and that your form of socialization is like playing games with pre-existing friends. Right, which is obviously true for a lot of people, but meeting people in games is also like a huge motivator for people to play. Right, right. Meeting other people. That's what was so great about like Cyril and ESO is just that there were so many kind of, like, characters to meet, and, like, you always wanted to, like, think about what a person seemed like in chat versus, like, how actually good they were at the <laughs> game. And, you know, stuff like that oh really, yeah, like, yeah. like, like that's, that's something... That's the social element that really makes it funny yeah, and exciting. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes a game kind of seem, like, more than this just, like, kind of pathetic thing you're <laughs> doing <laughs> in pathetic your Pathetic online room. thing in your yeah, living room. Yeah, yeah, so... So yeah, I wish. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and I wanted to say also, I think there's a lot of games now where they're like really focused on designing it for the killers, and it's like the game companies don't seem to realize. And like Naruto is kind of like that. Oh it's right. like become a killer, like become the most elite player killer right. of like oh the other and players. Let me just say that the killers do not want to fight other killers or play with other killers. Yeah. they want to kill like the other layers and tiers of players. And that's why, like, a game needs to have, like, all of those elements. Mm -hmm. Not, like, so many games, like, are wanting to be, like, about hardcore PvP and stuff like that. But that's, like, that's really not the kind of, like, joy of the PvP. And, like, so much of what you want to do is, like, the interacting. And that's why, like, the killers, like, remember ESO? Like, the killers really had a great time in Cyrodiil. 
because they could kill so many scrubs and like movies <laughs> and like tryhards. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, there was a constant flow of the other right, the other three tiers of players and yeah, today. yeah, and like all of the kind of stuff that was really interesting was where those players intersected, like when the achiever players would like fight the player killers. You oh know yeah, I mean? that's like so that true. And so that was always this, like, yeah. clashing, and then, like, everyone could agree they, like, like to kill, like, the socializers or, like, yeah. the scrubs, like, but, you know, it was, it was all the kind of, like, higher level interaction that made the game funner to play, and it was the interaction between people, not necessarily, like, the game interaction. Yeah, absolutely, but uh, it seems to me that the Ubi Ubisoft games, it's like they're missing they're missing some component of that like healthy player base mix or something. Right, and it definitely right. seemed like that in For Honor too. And mm -hmm. maybe part of it does have to do with like the PVE content and like it's structuring and who's going right, to be playing it and like for what. And We tried Far Cry together for a little bit, Far oh Cry yeah. 5. And like even that game might have had a little more to it if w it wasn't just, like, the two of us playing, you know? Yeah, definitely. And, like, it ultimately didn't add up to the kind of, like, an experience we wanted to be having, or like, a game we wanted to be playing or whatever. But but you can imagine a different world where, like, there were lots of players in the Far Cry universe and, like, maybe some way to interact with them or, so you know, something. Another thing we were talking about with Division 2 that we don't have much to say about because we haven't uh, tasted the full extent of its, like, gear and loot system. Oh, but with Path of Exile, we watched, or I watched that Chris Wilson talk, and he talked about how the randomly generated loot was, like, crucial f for the game's success in keeping players in the game and keeping them interested. And in Path of Exile, there's so many different ways to play with that loot that you get and alter it and change it and kind of, like, gamble on it or change it into something else. And so it's all really, like, exciting to get, like, an item that you might want to use a Chaos Orb on or you might want to, like, do this too. And it kind of tickles the imagination. And then in Division 2, there's the random loot, and it seems like there's not very many tools to change it at all. And it seems like that's what the what the people who've played longer are the most angry about. Oh, right, where, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, oh, just. Just if you get something that could be good, you want to feel excited about how you can make it good and feel, like, right. excited about the can, possibility of it. How you can change it. and interact, how you can change with, and interact and with it, yeah. Right, and if you just compare, or maybe that's just my opinion here, but if you, like, compare the loot in Path of Exile to the loot in Division, the stuff in Division just seems like maybe a little uninspired. Absolutely, you know? yeah. And like it's well done, it's nice. Um, you feel good getting loot in Division, but none of it really like excites you. None of it. Yeah, like you're not. I guess it doesn't take random to the degree that Path of Exile does too, where there could be like really unexpected crap on the loot you pick up, genuinely unexpected. Right, like, right. wow, I've never yeah, seen that yeah, before. I didn't even know that could be in this game. Right, I didn't and like even know something almost like any time we came across something kind of new or different in Path of Exile, it really like kind of set my mind ablaze. Oh yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, oh man, like you could just do a you could do a build based on that. Yeah, you get excited and so about like it. If you can find a piece of loot and think to yourself like oh my god i could do this dope build mm -hmm. then like yeah that's like a great loot system but there's nothing like that in division it's like 
oh, like, you found a good gun, you know, like, come on, not that good. And, like, nothing, there's no, like, oh, like, if you think of all the talents and, you know, like, the special stuff on the loot in Division, none of it really, like, changes very much, you know. Like, there's some, there's, like, nice bonuses, and the bonuses are good, but none of it would actually kind of, like, really excite you about maybe, like, making a new character, like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll have more impressions of that after we actually try to use right, the loot system a little more, yeah. which I don't think we have. Right, and if we play more, we'll probably have a lot more to say about the end game in Division. Maybe, like, what it's like, what there is to do, and stuff like that is always very, like, for somebody who's never played the game, it almost seems like nonsense, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just remembered one more thing I wanted to talk about. So I started to read Rainbow Six. Um, I don't know if Rainbow Six, the game, is like the book, but I do know whatever Tom Clancy stuff is, is nothing like The Division 2. And we tried to watch some of the little the videos. Oh I thought, like, uh, okay, I'm going to watch <laughs> it. I'm going to concentrate on it. And all they oh, were... The so-called found footage. Yeah, the so-called found <laughs> footage. They're just like little scat films or something. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually, it's really bizarre, and it's it's almost like unnaturally violent. Yeah, yeah. Like it says like the hyenas murdering civilians, like whoever the right. civilians are. And then it's just like a video of like a GoPro that someone <laughs> had while they were murdering civilians. Like, oh, stop, no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then and they get their brains oh, blown then out or something. The worst one, in my opinion, was when like, they were there's these suicide bombers and with the with how realistic it is it's almost like disgusting and probably should have been like banned oh by yeah, like yeah. whatever the ratings board is but then there's the found footage of like the guy talking to the suicide bomber who's like about to charge at a bunch of civilians <laughs> and then the guy's going like everyone will remember me right bro and then the guy's like, yeah, everyone will remember you. Go do it, dude. And then, like, the bombing goes off. And it's just, it's, like, morbid. It's, like, the fact that they, like, made that just shows that they're kind of sick, you know? <laughs> and, like, nobody wants to see, like... Oh, I don't know. Game. It's, like, was it supposed to inspire in the player, like, feelings of allegiance to, again, like, right. your personal gang? What I, I don't know if the gang <laughs> you're playing in Division is just, like... U.S. Army uh, operant or it, something. Yeah, it said you're like a special, a, a special, special gang, special <laughs> force. Somehow, special like force. the president after the apocalypse, like authorized use of like excess force, and that's what the division <laughs> is, or it's something like that. Yeah, but anyway, the beginning of Rainbow Six is like this really uh, tense plane p plane flight with terrorists on the plane. And then, like, the main character's gang or whatever you want to call it that he named Rainbow Six. And <laughs> they're there going on, like, his wife is there or something. They're going on vacation or flying to London or something. And they have to take down the terrorists. But it's nothing like uh, it's, it's nothing like just the weird little scat films that we saw in Division 2. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and... I guess there's, like, the books based on the games or something like that. Yeah, we and looked it up. They, like, they made, they got <laughs> somebody to write a new book for for the game, but whatever, I don't know, we could look yeah, at it, but whatever it is probably isn't, like, the Tom Clancy. Right, right. It's probably not very good. I would imagine it's not very good. 
But yeah. you never know. I mean, what if like the guy who wrote us a genius? Yeah, Probably not, but if if <laughs> any of you have read it, let us know. Yeah, yeah. So did we have anything more to say about this? No. Okay, yeah, we're done. <laughs> um. So yeah, like we went over our impressions of the division two. Yeah, Tom thanks Clancy. for watching. If you thanks for watching, if you watched all the way. Thanks for listening through our awkward our awkward patches of silence that we had. Uh, it it wasn't that bad. I okay. say compared okay. to other podcasts, I've I've heard podcasts where three people will manage to make awkward <laughs> silences, if you can believe that, like like eight second silences, which I think our max one today was maybe four. Okay, so we gotta <laughs> beat we gotta beat eight seconds by just kind of spacing on something. Right. Well, anyway, if you're watching on YouTube, please like and subscribe. And we did get these things onto iTunes and Stitcher. So if you somehow managed to be listening to this on iTunes or Stitcher or any other podcast thing, um, leave us a review. That would be nice. Because the reviews kind of like add to your SEO rank and let other people find it. So that'd be nice if uh, you listened and you enjoyed it all. It'd be nice if you could kind of help us out a little bit and... Um, as we've said before in the past, check out our website, coopgaming.info. Um, I think we have a little overlay on the video with the URL. Oh, yeah, and we, we do have a little bit of footage from our, our gameplay, so we'll probably be uploading that. Nothing too special oh, right. about it, but... Yeah, we were planning on kind of having uh, ourselves for this video overlaid over our gameplay because we had, like, an extended gameplay cut. And our computer wasn't good enough. Not good enough, so we so gotta upgrade yeah, the equipment. Until and we spend about four grand on like <laughs> a computer that could do something like that, it, we're not gonna have any videos like that. But anyway, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>